Theology Thursday Live. We're back again. I'm trying to keep it to 12 minutes or less. I'm going to jump right into it. We're at Second Street Presbyterian Church, the church across the street from the post office in Albemarle. Um, come join us. We'd love to have you. Big room. Not many people. Nobody likes to sit together anyway. So it's perfect. Um, we've been talking about, I'm in systematic theology, and this is ethics. And we've been talking about the truth. Last time we were together, I talked about epistemology. Um, how does one know the truth? We've gotten to the point where we're able to arrive at the truth. So there's three things I want to talk about today, and then we're going to move on to a, another topic. But today, believe the truth, which means believe the Word of God and act on it. Okay, Believe and act upon the Word of God. Two, speak the Word of God. Don't go beyond it, but speak the Word of God. And three, spend time in the Word in prayer with Christians at church. We call it in uh, Reformed circles the means of grace. The, uh, as Dr. Kelly at seminary has said, um, the Spirit blows where He will, but He has told us where some of the windy places are. So you go to the places where the Word of God, where the Spirit of God has said, these are places you can go to hear me and see me and taste me more clearly. And, and uh, So that's what we're to do. So let's get into it. Number one. Um, John 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and you des your desire is to do your father's desires. He was talking to non-believers, non-believing Jews at this particular point. They weren't, wouldn't listen to him. He said, you can't listen to me. Why not? Because you are of your father the devil. So you're either, um, you either have Christ, as you have God as your father, or you have Satan as your father. That's Jesus' standpoint. That's truth. You are because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You are of your father the devil, and your desire is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks from his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Therefore, Satan's a father of lies. As believers, and just as non-believers too, if you just want to be um, helpful and productive and to have a better life, but um, you, know, you need Jesus Christ, you need the Holy Spirit to keep you in the truth. Uh, you have to love the truth. That's key to it. So if you have a non-believer who denies Christ, who doesn't see spiritual truth, then the problem that you're going to run into is you're going to believe a lot of lies. Um, it's difficult enough when you have the Word of God, when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to be able to know what the truth is. But we need to know what the truth is. Otherwise, we're living in a lie. We'll speak lies. Um, we'll believe lies. We'll fall for lies. And we'll act upon those lies. And we cannot do that So, um, because then we're following Satan. And what does he do? He attacks the truth. The first verbal attack that Satan made was to Eve and Adam and Eve and said, Did God, has God, hath God really said? You know, has he really said that you couldn't eat from any tree from the, from the garden? And how um, subtle he was, because he knew that wasn't what God had said. God didn't say you can't eat from any tree. He said not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he knew that, but he wants to start a conversation. So he starts a conversation. You can't really say you can't eat from any truth. No, no, just that one. Oh, I see. That's because. And then he starts to question the character of God. And start, and then, so, you know, that's where it begins. And then the first verbal attack that we know of that is recorded where Satan attacks Jesus is where he says to him, if you are the Son of God, if, if you really are the Son of God, 
That means he's a guide who's claiming to be guide, and he's claiming to be the son of guide. So he's lying if he's not. So if you are true, if you're really telling the truth, you know, then you know, do these things I'm telling you to do. And even from the cross, the Pharisees are yelling up to him on the cross, if you are the son of God, come down from the cross, save yourself. Um, it's Satan speaking through them. So the denial of Christ, the denial of, of the one true God is the goal of the liar because the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life. Satan doesn't want us to have life. So, But as believers, we need to be in love with truth. That means you learn how to speak the truth even when it's to your detriment. Okay, uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, one of the rules is always tell the truth, at least don't lie. Okay, and So that's good. You don't always have to go around giving the unvarnished, unloving truth. You can find ways to say true things without hurting somebody unless to, uh, some sort of a hurt is what they need. But um, we have to learn to speak the truth even to our detriment. It'll change the way you live because if you know you can't lie about things and you have to, to live even differently. But it frees you from a lot of things. Um, um, so trusting in the Word of God is necessary to be able to do this. And, and in Romans 1.18, we read this, the wrath of God. Okay, We fell in Adam and Eve, sin, the world was cursed. Um, the lie prevails. Um, Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. So we people talk a lot about the love of God, God's love. This is all true, but he's also wrathful because he loves holiness, he loves right, and so therefore he is wrathful against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. So let me start again from 118. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Okay, so what can be known about God is clearly known in creation, but because men are are unrighteous, they suppress the truth, they push it down, they keep it down. So, um, you know, anytime you realize that you've believed a lie, a lot of times it's because you just really wanted to believe that lie. And so, you know, we want to believe, you know, I don't know if you want to say good, there's certain things we just want to be true. For whatever reason, it can be sinful reasons, it can be non-sinful reasons, but you need to pursue truth. And truth is dying in the streets today. I mean, and it's because there are so many voices that we listen to and we don't know which ones that we can trust because people are biased and we don't believe people actually speak truth. So, you know, get your own house in perfect order before you start to change the world. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That means speak truth. Now, how do you know what's true? Well, don't speak something if you don't know it's true. Or at least say, I'm not sure about this, but let me tell you what I think and why I think it. That's honest. Um, but that's not the way of the world today. The world wants to act as if it knows everything and is completely right about everything. Um, as believers, there are a set of things that we say we know to be true, and we better be getting that from the Bible and not adding to it. So let's talk about that second part. So first thing is you have to believe the Word of God and you have to act on it. So that's primarily um, for what we're talking about now is speaking and living the truth. Second, um, well, speak it. Okay, speaking the truth and don't go beyond it. So in Proverbs, so one of the things I did was I just took my handy dandy little device that has a Bible on it. And this is the uh, New American Standard and I did a search because they took the ESV off of this app. So fine, we'll go ES, we'll go NAS. Uh, I did a word search just in Proverbs for the word truth. Here's a few verses just in Proverbs, wisdom literature. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. 
Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So do not let kindness and truth leave you. From my mouth, for my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. So that's the way we should think. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. So if you don't tell truth, you're false witness. And that's one of the Ten Commandments, not to be a false witness. Uh, will they not go astray who devise evil? But kindness and truth will be to those who divide, devise good. So we should be trying to do good, and that will lead us into kindness and truth um, in the Word of God. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Loyalty and truth preserve the king, and he upholds his throne by righteousness. A false witness will perish, but the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. It means your words will have lasting um, weight. To make you know the certainty of the words of truth that you may... Um, let's see, let me go see what the word before this is. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels, counsels and knowledge to make you know the certainty of the words of truth that you may correctly answer him who sent you? So to be able to give a right answer... He says, buy truth, B-U-Y, buy it, purchase purchase truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. If a king judges the poor with truth, his judge, his throne will be established forever. So there's lots of things in the Bible about um, telling the truth, speaking the truth. We're told to speak the truth in love. Um, we're also told um, in Proverbs 30, verse 5 through 6, every word of God proves true. Okay, so that's how you can know truth, the word of God. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. This is one of the, the um, ideas of, of um, not bearing false testimony um, or... Um, taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So taking his name and, and then adding to it. And so there are different ways that we add to it. Um, also, um, bad interpretation of Scripture, allowing the Bible to interpret itself. And so there's lots of ways for proper interpretation. I don't know if we've done videos on this, but it's probably a good place to go next is, is um, you know, uh, the methodology of proper scriptural interpretation. Like how do you know... Um, you know, because 50 people in a room read the Bible and they come up with all kinds of theologies that disagree with each other. So how, do I, how am I supposed to discern the difference? And can I know the difference? And the answer is yes, there is a clear way. Um, the analogy of faith is one, just letting Scripture interpret Scripture and understanding we're not the first Christians to think about these things. Um, so speak the truth. Don't go beyond his words. Know it well enough to be able to speak it and try to speak the truth in love. And then third, spend time in the word, prayer with Christians, church, means of grace, making sure that you put yourself in a position to be able to be transformed by the renewing of your mind with other believers. We're being built together as a tabernacle of God. Um, we're told to be together. We're told to encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. We're supposed to encourage, to rebuke, to, to do all these things with one another. Life together is important. Uh, can you worship God on a golf course? I imagine, I haven't really think I've seen it before, on the, you know, fishing, out by yourself in solitude. Yes, amen, you should worship God always. But don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. I know you may have been hurt by church. I know you may have been in bad churches. So, you know, you, I know people who were married that had bad girlfriends, but they didn't stay. I'm done. Well, some of them did. But, you know, it's like they are 
good churches. Find a church and you just have to, there are going to be people, Satan's going to put somebody in that church that's going to come up and say something to you. You know, yeah, something's going to happen to make you go, I'm not going back there anymore. Oh, it just took one. This is mighty easy, okay? So the main thing you want to do is you want to find out what's being preached. The leadership of the church is to believe the Bible, is the word of God, to stand on it and stand on that alone. If you can show them while the Bible contradicts clearly something they're teaching or they're really willing really to look at it, they find out the word of God is right and they're wrong, they'll get rid of what they believe immediately and follow the word of God. That's what you want. Do you, oh pastor, oh leaders of a church, believe the word of God is the word of God? And it's plenary verbal inspiration. Look it up. Ask if they believe it. Abandon a church that doesn't believe in it because it will believe and fall for a lie. Verbal plenary inspiration of scripture. So John 17, 17 says, Jesus' high priestly prayer. Sanctify them in truth. That means to make them holy, set them apart. My people, God's praying about you know the believers. Sanctify them, change them, make, set them apart from the world in truth. Your word is truth. Okay, so where are we supposed to be? In his word. You want to hear the word of God? You want to hear the voice of God? Read the Bible. You want me to get up here and say, thus saith the Lord? It better be scripture I'm quoting. Um, the Bible, the only way to know the truth. Okay, so that's the only way to know the truth. Uh, and then I want to read real quick. I was listening to Ron Paul today, and he did the quote, and I did it earlier on Facebook, which is, truth is treason in an empire of lies. Okay, so be careful. If you're living in an empire of lies, you start speaking the truth, then that's treason. Uh, this is this book again. I love this book. I'm telling you, I get it. Live Not by Lies by Rod Dreher. This is the last um, couple sentences of this chapter I was reading. It says, um, each of us thinks that we wouldn't be like that. Like, well, I guess I had to back up. A, let me just read the part I have highlighted. This is the thing about soft totalitarianism. It seduces those, even Christians, who have lost the capacity to love enduringly, for better or for worse. They think they love, but they merely desire. They think they follow Jesus, but in fact, they merely admire him. Each of us thinks we wouldn't be like that. But if we have accepted the great lie of our therapeutic culture, which tells us that personal happiness is the greatest good of all, then we will surrender at the first sign of trouble. And look around. Amen.